a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. From CGTN headquarters here in Beijing, this is Global Business. I'm Michelle Vandenberg. Coming up on the program. Food security, China achieves historic high in grain output, significantly strengthening country's food security efforts. Rate decision, Bank of Japan maintains short-term interest rate at negative 0.1%, further emphasizing monetary policy stability. Tourism revival. Tourism authorities announced exciting incentives nationwide amid stimulating local economies and revitalizing the tourism sector. China's grain output hit a new high last year. The Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs says it's a strong guarantee for the country's food security. Officials told the media China produced over 695.4 million metric tons of grain in 2023. The record high also represents an annual increase of 1.3 percent. The country's annual grain output has stayed above 650 million tons for nine years running. The Agriculture Ministry also says China's grain output is well-structured with sufficient reserves, which ensures the country's food security. It pledges to further strengthen policy support to bolster the sector. Central China's Henan province is a major grain producer and is determined to attain self-reliance in seeds. Experts say the goal is an important one for national development as it will help feed the country's huge population while boosting food security. Sarishue reports. The winter wheat sowing season in Henan province is complete. The outcome will decide the success of next year's summer harvest. Zhou Zhengfu is in his lab examining new wheat species has been developing. He's focused on improving their performance, making them resistant to lodging and disease, and enhancing their yield. Today, the wheat yield in China has increased by tenfold compared to 70 years ago. This is largely attributed to advances in seed technology, which accounts for 45% of overall improvements. So it's very significant to develop high-quality seeds. Zhou works at the National Innovation Center for Biobreeding Industry in Xinxiang City, Henan Province. He's developed more than 30 high-quality wheat seed varieties. The region has many other research centers dedicated to seed varieties, positioning itself as the agricultural valley of central China, with a primary focus on developing high-quality seeds. There are over 70 seed industry companies, with more being welcomed to create a comprehensive agri-industrial supply chain through more startups and enterprises. Our research center focuses on studying various seed varieties such as wheat, corn, peanut, soybean and some vegetables. Additionally, we provide technological support to seed industry enterprises, colleges and institutes. Most of the companies are in this building, enabling us to easily exchange information. We appreciate the generous support from the local government, including their assistance in transferring land for our research purposes. Seed production is of paramount importance to China, given its immense population and the resources invested in ensuring food security. As China's demand for food increases, 
Agricultural experts are tasked with developing a wider range of seed varieties, not only to increase output, but also improve quality. Experts say self-sufficiency and self-reliance in seeds are key goals, as this will allow China to have greater control over food production and security. Seeds are the chips of agriculture. We still rely heavily on foreign imports for some types of seeds. China is increasing effort to promote the seed industry. Xia Ruixue, CCTN, Xinxiang, Henan Province. Now for more on China's agricultural and rural economy development, we're joined by Wang Xiangrei, Associate Professor from the Renmin University of China. So Professor Wang, what were the major takeaways from the press conference held by the State Council Information Office regarding the performance of agriculture and rural economy in 2023? Um, okay, thanks for having me. Um, this morning, the State Council Information Office held a press conference on economic performance of agriculture and rural areas in 2023. Several senior officials from the Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs released the major statistics related to Chinese agriculture and rural development. Uh, the overall grain production has achieved yet another historical peak at, at 1.39 trillion caddies. For nine consecutive years, uh, green production has consistently exceeded a target set by the government to ensure food security, which is 1.3 trillion caddies annually. Uh, notably, there has been a substantial expansion in soybean cultivation, with production reaching 41.6 billion caddies. Annual pork production has also reached 57 million tons, uh, marking a 4.6% increase from the last years. Um, the production of major crops, meats, dairy, and aquatic products have all exhibited um, steady growth. Collectively, uh, these efforts not only guarantee food security at home, but also contribute to the global endeavors of addressing food security challenges. Can you highlight some key points of Chinese agriculture and rural development? What will be the main focus of next year's agriculture and rural economy? 2023 is a great year for Chinese agriculture and rural development. There are at least two things I would like to highlight. Um, first, um, the agriculture and rural development has significant distributional effect on the rural household. Rural household, particularly those uh, recently lifted from poverty, are benefiting from increased employment opportunities generated within rural regions. These jobs are stimulated by industrial policies and entrepreneurships in the rural regions. E-commerce also play an important part here. Secondly, uh, technologies, green and sustainable principles are guiding China's transition to the modern agriculture. There have been noteworthy breakthrough in agricultural biotechnologies, particularly in areas of seeding. Uh, a substantial area of high standard farmland equivalent to 86 million mu has been cultivated this year. Another 24.6 million mu has been equipped with efficient water saving irrigation system in 2023. Additionally, initiatives such as the 10-year fishing ban in the Yangtze River showcase a vigorous implementation of programs aimed at protecting the ecological and aquatic resources. Next year, um, food security and rural revitalization will be the priority guiding economics of agriculture and rural areas. Yeah, and we're hearing a lot about integrating urban-rural development. How does that benefit economic growth in rural areas? 
Okay. Over the last several decades, uh, rural migrants play a significant role in Chinese uh, urbanization. Nowadays, um, Chinese cities are actively uh, contributing to rural development and rural revitalization. Rural area areas are more than just agricultural production. It has recreational, cultural, and ecological values, among many others. Um, there are, these are scarce resources within urban areas, particularly for megacities. Right now, we saw some megacities around the world that are experiencing vacant skate skyscrapers and empty trains. Many more people flew into the suburbs for better lifestyle. I believe similar trend is going to happen in a Chinese megacity as well in the very near future. In addition, nowadays rural trips has become a popular choice for many Chinese households during weekends. This is not this not only brings customers. Uh, but also attract investment and technologies into rural areas. Such bound is important to foster more balanced uh, development between the rural and urban regions. Yeah, and we're also seeing agricultural cooperation mechanism between China and the U.S. restarting. How will this benefit the world economy? Yes, uh, January 18th, 2024 marked the first meeting since 2015 of the Joint Committee on Corporations in agriculture between China and the United States. Minister Tan and Secretary Vosak met in D.C. exchanged opinions on a variety of topics, including climate change, smart agriculture, food security and trade. It is great to say two ministers and their delegations sit together uh, to work out a more detailed plan uh, of corporations related to agriculture following um, President Xi and Biden's summit in last November. The cooperation between the two major economies definitely uh, significant in stabilizing global economy. International trade in agricultural products play a vital role in tackling global food security, which is very vulnerable to all sources of risks. Climate change is another area requires multilateral effort. Figuring out how future agriculture should be given climate change can guide innovations in agriculture sectors. All right, great insights. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time. Wang Xiangrei, Associate Professor of the School of Agricultural Economics and Rural Development at Renmin University of China. Still to come. Great decision. Bank of Japan maintains short-term interest rates at negative 0.1%, further emphasizing monetary policy stability. The world economy as we know it is about to change. Global business reports highlight emerging markets, developing countries, and dynamic sectors worldwide. We feature top analysts and newsmakers to provide perspectives on every facet of business. From an on-the-ground perspective, we provide you with balanced and objective assessments. Fast, sharp, and insightful. Global Business. Only on CGTN. Japan's top monetary authority has kept its short-term interest rate unchanged at minus 0.1% at its two-day two meeting, which ended on Tuesday. The country's inflation has exceeded the Bank of Japan's target for over a year. But the central bank said it would hold off on rate hike until it receives more evidence of inflation stabilizing at around 2% with solid growth in wages.
The BOJ's meeting precedes that of the European Central Bank on Thursday and the U.S. Federal Reserve next week, both of which aggressively tightened monetary policy last year and are now contemplating cutting interest rates ahead. Now for more on the BOJ's interest rate decision, let's cross over to Chris Gilbert in Tokyo. Hi there, Chris. So the Bank of Japan made no changes to its monetary policy, but analysts still expect some movement this year. So what can we read into this decision today and what might we expect in the future? Yeah, good evening, Michelle. Well, uh, the, the expectation is still very much by analysts that the Bank of Japan is looking uh, within fiscal 2024 at least to make some moves on interest rates, some changes to its monetary policy. It was expected that Tuesday today being the first policy meeting uh, of the year that there wouldn't be any sudden movements in fact. One analyst compared the Bank of Japan to me uh, kind of like a very big ship in a very small pond if there are any sudden movements it could send shock waves through the markets it could have significant consequences so it is a matter as uh, governor Ueda says of tweaking monetary policy it's about timing it's about environment and as we just heard in the markets report one of the prerequisites that uh, was put is a two percent uh, inflation target now this has been blown for 21 months in a row and the other uh, as the Bank of Japan keeps saying is for wages real wages to naturally outpace inflation and think tanks uh, just this week uh, surveyed uh, here in Japan believe that 3.6 percent that is the uh, the wage increase that is going to be needed uh, in the upcoming was beginning on Wednesday uh, you know spring uh, wage negotiations between the unions uh, and employers and the Chamber of Commerce. That is what is needed throughout this year. Now, that is the same as what we saw from companies in 2023 uh, with more than 1,000 employees. It's much more difficult to hit 3.6% wage increase, uh, growth uh, with small and medium-sized businesses. So we see the government has been pulling the fiscal uh, lever with a $90 billion surplus uh, announced back in December aimed at trying to spur wage growth by taking the sting uh, out of it by, you know, with, through, through tax breaks. Uh, it's, you know, there are questions about how long that's going to be uh, sustainable for analysts say that the longer the Bank of Japan waits to do something, the harder it is going to become. So there's a lot of excitement and a lot of speculation about uh, announcements yet in the months to come. All right. Thank you very much for that, Chris Gilbert, for us in Tokyo. We are all connected. Across borders. Across continents connected by ideas, a shared humanity. Stay connected. Chinese airlines are to increase the number of flights during the 40-day spring festival travel rush. For example, Air China plans to arrange over 67,000 flights during this period, an average of nearly 1,700 flights per day, 40% more than last year. The airlines say flights between some of the top destinations such as Senya in southern Hainan province and Harbin in northeast Heilongjiang province will see a significant growth. Air China will also put on extra flights to the Hong Kong, Macau and Taiwan regions of China as well as to some destinations in Southeast Asia such as Phuket in Thailand. In some cases, the increase is more than 600% year-on-year.
Coinciding with the extra flights for the spring travel rush, China Southern Airlines has increased flights between China and the Belt and Road partner countries. For instance, the airline today launched flights between Beijing and Almaty, the largest city in Kazakhstan. And it will be followed by flights between Beijing and Bishkek, the capital city of Kyrgyzstan. Overall, the airlines say the extra and new flights will enhance capacity, optimize flight arrangements, and reduce stress during the busy spring travel rush period. Popular domestic tourist destinations are making headlines in China as local officials use cultural activities and social media campaigns to boost tourist spending. Heilongjiang, Henan, Shanxi, and Hebei are among the provinces that have recruited local celebrities to promote tourist spots online. They're also making short videos on social platforms to showcase local culture, special activities, and food. Meanwhile, Henan, Guangdong, and Shanxi have released tourist coupons to attract visitors. The China Tourism Academy predicts that domestic tourist visits could top 6 billion, while revenue could reach 600 million yuan or 84 million US dollars in the coming year. That is a 50% increase in tourist visits and a 33% rise in revenue from last year's estimates. With the Chinese New Year holiday just weeks away, the province of Guangdong is aiming to become a top destination for the travel season. Local tourism authorities have joined forces with major enterprises and have outlined 10 measures to promote cultural activities and consumer spending throughout 2024. Omar Khan has more. Guangdong's provincial culture department and local enterprises are looking to boost regional tourism. Just weeks ahead of the Chinese New Year, the southern province is aiming to have more people choose Guangdong as their top travel destination. 2024 marks the 75th anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic of China. It's a crucial year for achieving the goals of the 45-year plan. We have introduced a series of measures to promote cultural and tourist-related consumption. This will be done to unleash the potential of tourism consumption and promote the high-quality development of the tourism industry. The measures involve many of South China's largest enterprises, such as China Southern Airlines and WeChat. As the companies roll out programs to facilitate travel, provide discounts, and bolster consumer spending. During specified time periods, users can access our Guangdong Consumption Voucher app through our official account, our posts, and our offline posters by scanning QR codes. They can also actively search our Guangdong Consumption Voucher app on WeChat. In addition, we will also promote our activities through our moments and the traffic we receive after payments so that more people can know about our activities. To attract more people to travel to Guangdong, we plan to invest 2 million discount coupons of different values ranging from 20 to 301 this year. In addition, there are also some other travel benefits, such as lounge upgrades, luggage-related specials, and other travel benefits that come together, as well as more favorable airfare prices. Together, we want more people to choose China Southern Airlines and take their flights to Guangdong. The main event has now kicked off, with vouchers from provincial culture authorities and participating companies now live. And many of the activities and places where they are redeemed span throughout the Greater Bay Area.
Though many people in Guangzhou and in the province of Guangdong head home for the Chinese New Year holiday, South China continues to be a major tourist destination. And that's exactly what this event is all about. Launching a campaign and issuing a series of policies that will hopefully bring more people to the region throughout the Chinese New Year and beyond. Omar Khan, CGTN, Guangzhou. The city of Luoyang boasts a history spanning 4,000 years and served as the ancient capital of 13 dynasties. It has been striving to leverage its rich historical and cultural heritage to attract visitors. Zhou Yixin reports. What's the experience like when you step into a quiet museum at night and feel the ups and downs of history? During the New Year's Day holiday, Luoyang Museum launched an immersive tour activity. Through five short plays recounting historical tales, six cultural relics are introduced. The actors' performances immerse the audience into the historical context surrounding these relics, allowing tourists to engage in a dialogue with these artifacts across time and space. Based on the current development concept of our museum, we want to make the stories of cultural relics come alive so that more people are interested in understanding the stories of the cultural relics. Our creation of these immersive experiences is also an attempt to tell stories in a way that the public, especially young people, are most willing to listen to. This immersive approach resolves the issue of traditional museum explanations that lack storytelling elements. The immersive activity has gained favor in the market, attracting lots of tourists who come to experience it firsthand. Besides the special offerings of the museum, the ancient city of Luoyi also offers tourists a more hands-on, immersive experience. Tourists who wear hanfu and ancient hairstyles are almost everywhere. And as you can imagine, taking photos is very popular here. The ancient city of Luoyi showcases traditional scenes from Luoyang's heyday during the Tang Dynasty. Walking through this ancient city evokes a strong sense of culture. Since last year, there has been hanfu praise across the country. Leveraging its rich historical and cultural heritage, Luoyang has recreated an immersive experience for tourists. Here, regardless of gender or age, wearing hanfu doesn't feel out of place, highlighting the deep integration between the city and hanfu culture. Many cities are not like Luoyang. People may find it strange to wear hanfu in many other cities. But in Luoyang, when you come here, wearing hanfu, you can immersively experience the life of the Asians. Although clothes are just clothes, they represent China's history spanning thousands of years. Luoyang has also launched a number of immersive performances for tourists. The visual impact of the stage scenes as well as the poetic narration will make the audience feel as if they are in the long river of history and feel the magnificence of Chinese civilization. Zhou Yixin, CGTN, Luoyang, Henan Province. Ice and snow tourism has been booming in China's northeast. But across the country, in the southwestern province of Sichuan, authorities are tapping into local ice and snow resources in a bid to boost tourism. It's seen services enhanced and more favorable policies implemented. Our reporter Gong Ming has more. Sichuan's geographical location makes it the region with the richest ice and snow tourism resources in low-latitude areas, ideal for winter sports in southern China. 
Just over a two-hour drive from the provincial capital Chengdu, Xilin Snow Mountain is a popular destination known for its breathtaking natural scenery and diverse entertainment options. This year, with enhanced online promotion and upgraded facilities, the resort has attracted a significant number of visitors from other regions. I come from Indonesia. This is my first time to see the snow. So how do you know about this? I see it from Toyin. Yeah, and also my friends recommend me to to come here. The resort has upgraded its ski facility and introduced electronic ski passes, a first in the southwest region. Visitors can now purchase tickets through their phones or at a counter, eliminating queues and minimizing wait times for seamless skiing experience. I think it's、uh, comfortable for our、um, for our because this one has、um, if. If we go to inside, we can use this card for everything. This ski resort spans 200,000 square meters with seven ski trails and over 2,000 sets of professional skiing equipment. It can accommodate approximately 2,300 skiers at once, providing diverse activities and experience for all age groups. Held as the peak of Chengdu, the Xining Snow Mountain has been selected as one of the first national skiing and tourist resorts. The atmospheric surroundings are truly captivating. Besides featuring professional-level skiing tracks for enthusiasts, various snow-related entertainment activities have also been introduced, offering more options for non-skiers like myself. Even if you don't know how to ski, you can still have a good time here. It's a key highlight of local winter tourism. The area boasts abundant hot springs, creating a unique travel experience. Visitors really love it, and the first thing is our hot springs. After soaking in the hot springs, you can go skiing on the snow-capped mountains. Such a great combo! We are also rolling out a new policy soon. If you got a ticket for Shiling Snow Mountain, you get a 25% discount at our hotel. In recent years, Sichuan has become a key region for the southern snow and ice tourism market for leveraging its abundant resources. We've noticed how Sichuan's ice and snow resources are gradually being developed, making ice and snow tourism in Sichuan gain momentum from a past where only the Xilin Snow Mountain was a skiing destination to now having over 10 skiing resorts across the region, allowing everyone to experience the diverse charm of skiing. Since December, Sichuan has reduced highway tolls and offered buy one get one free tickets at select attractions to boost winter tourism. During this period, various regions have upgraded their winter sports offerings, integrating culture and tourism to provide more visitors with the joy of winter activities. Gong Ming, CGTN, Chengdu. And that will do it for this edition of Global Business. I'm Xiaobanden Berg in Beijing. Stay with us.